0: Hindsight, understanding of a situation or event only after it's happened or developed. You can keep it. Insight, the capacity to gain an accurate and deep intuitive understanding of a person or thing. Eh, But I'd rather have foresight, the ability to predict what will happen or what will be needed to happen in the future. We're going to be talking about that. One of the greatest stock market evaluations of all times, and Tom Brady. And a little bit of the Trumpster, too, especially after yesterday. It's just too easy. Anyway, I'm your host of North Korean Santa. Welcome to the Sports Antidote, episode number 145. The Sports Antidote continues, titled, One Day They'll Sell More Than Books. Stick around. It's going to be good. Welcome to the Sports Antidote, episode number 145. I'm your host of North Korean Santa. Once again, it's titled, One Day They'll Sell More Than Books. Don't worry, I'll explain to you what that means. The Trumpster. (laughs) Where is Tom Brady going to end up? Uh, Foresight, so important. Uh, And one of my friend's dads has only invested in one stock his entire life. And he will be worth about $5 million. uh, Is worth that. And we'll get into how that went down i um, by myself today. I'm rolling solo. Uh, today, it'll just be the North Korean Santa. The drunk neighbor uh, is tied down with work, Brian and Nola East. I believe he's doing his own thing right now. He's got his own podcast. Uh, actually, he's on the radio now. Uh, he's on AM and FM now. Hopefully, he can bless us with his presence down the road. Busy man. Coach O's at work. Dickie Salvo, he's out. Everybody's out. NFL Jesse, it's just me. Uh, football season's over. And now this is when people will struggle for content, not yours truly. We continue to pump out good stuff on here, so be sure. and It's not just a football podcast, although it is, you know, it's fun to do football. Who doesn't like football? It's right, so much fun. Uh, but we are going to be talking about, I don't know if you saw the State of the Union last night. Look, I'm not even getting political on here. It's not a political podcast. Uh, if you listen to this, you know where I stand on things. But watching Nancy Pelosi sit behind while she has to sit next to Pence and basically shake... Like she's Jones like she hasn't had a, a drink or a hit of whatever it is, whatever her du jour is. Because I'm telling you, I mean, she really hates that guy. <laughs> it reminds me of like uh, Qantas Arius in Ben Hur, where he says, you know, uh, what's he saying? You have a lot of hate in your eyes, and he says, "Yeah, hate keeps you alive." And I think that's what's keeping her alive. To be honest with you, man, <laughs> that's just really absurd. Uh, oh my God, what a circus to watch that one side standing up and clapping, the other side not clapping at all, and then just, there's landmines everywhere. The Trumpster is just—he's having fun out there, you know. Even even one of my big, big liberal friends is like, "Yeah, it looks like he hates him." But he's like playing games out there. He's having fun. It's just really weird uh, to watch it. Like I don't think Barack was having fun. I don't think Bush was having fun. Or Clinton was definitely having some fun in the Oval Office. But I just—it's uh, just ridiculous to see, uh, you know, just how crazy the social media reactions are too. It's amazing. I love it. I mean, it's great. Don't get—I'm sitting here advocating for Trump. I'm just saying it's just. It's must-see TV. I don't know how you don't watch it. But anyhow, I, I didn't miss one uh, State of the Union with President Obama. He was a great orator, uh, very put together, very well organized when it came to those speeches. And he's more of – Trump's more of like a theatrics guy. And uh, it's just <laughs> so funny. But uh, <laughs> uh, the Trumpster, what a nut. So I right know we have you know Tom Brady and – People talking about where he's going to go, we're going to be talking about that. I have a pretty hot take on that. But before we get into Tom Brady and where and what, why he would leave New England, I do want to talk about, like I said, uh, foresight, which is way more important than insight. And obviously hindsight, you can learn from the past, which is good. Insight, you can learn from what's happening. You know, currently, the present, that's always smart. But learn the future, I mean, that's just – that's that's just – that's something else. People that can do that. We'll talk about uh, how we do future bets on this show as well, how successful we've been with that. Not to brag on it, but we're going to tie it all in uh, as as we usually do. So a friend of mine whose father owned a hardware store that he started in the late 80s, and it was a local hardware store outside New Orleans. He was able to basically beat the Walmart craze. In other words, this dude was really smart. He would bring out product to construction sites. He would deliver it for you. You could just pay him when, you know, at the end of the month. Smart guy. So although he was more expensive, people were willing to stay with him because he had spectacular customer service, which sometimes can beat price. It happens to me all the time. Uh, we we'll would be cheaper. Uh, we have a, a superior. Uh, we're just superior, but they just really like the guy, and his customer service is great, and they won't break away from uh, their current format of business. It happens all the time. Uh, so... In this case, he had beaten the Walmart craze. Like, you know, people would shop at his hardware store, even though he was a little more expensive. They liked him. They enjoyed spending their money in his, in his location. And he was very successful running this business. And about 10 years later, it's about 1998, early in 98, he's at his friend's house, and he sees his friend's son uh, on the computer. And he goes over and says, what are you doing? And the kid says, I'm shopping on the internet first of all, he goes, what's the internet? So you can imagine like a 12-year-old kid trying to explain to an adult what the internet is. This 12-year-old was a brainiac. He ended up going to MIT, by the way. and He's like, a, he works for NASA right now. Seriously, uh, he's a brainiac. But anyway, so he explains to him what the internet is. And that's just like, you know, like explaining UFOs or it's like explaining airplanes to somebody in like the 12th, you know, the, the you know, like the 13th century or something. Like what airplane? What are you talking about? Big steel bird, bro. Get with it. Well, And he asks, okay, I think I understand the internet. What site, where where are you on? What is this? And the kid looks at him and says, Amazon. He goes, what's Amazon? He goes, you can buy books online. They're cheap and they they mail them to you. And he looks at his wife and says, oh shit. He knew it right there, (laughs) right there. He said to himself, and he told me the whole story. He said, one day they're going to sell more than books. That right there is foresight beyond imagination to know right there that one day they're not just going to be selling this Mickey Mouse book or, you know, (laughs) war and peace. Uh, They're going to be selling everything. And he thought that would come at his business eventually. and, And damn right it did. But he's a smart man. So what he did was, is he looked into stock in Amazon. And in 1998, well, 97, you could get Amazon for $18 a share. <laughs> $18 a share. We'll get into what they're worth uh, later on, but it ain't no $18 a share by, a long, by any measure, right? And basically what happened was he got in, it was a little late later on in 98. He told me it was right around $41 a share. And they bought approximately 100 shares, right around $4,000, dollars uh, Basically, this guy looked at this as his retirement fund. What a brilliant decision, oh my God. So instead of hoarding away money for uh, you know, all the other things people would or a Roth IRA 401K, things of that nature, he just treated Amazon as the retirement. Now he already had money for his kid's college and everything and luckily they got scholarships anyway so he didn't have to worry too much about that. But him and his wife had agreed that this was the wave of the future. So as they would invest, as they time went on, they would keep buying shares, buying shares, buying shares, buying shares, buying shares. That's all they did. When they had extra money, they lived really tight, and they would just buy shares in Amazon. They just completely bought into this juggernaut that is today. Uh, you can just see where this is going. It's not a surprise ending here. <laughs> uh, so as this continues, to happen, they just continue to get more and more shares, more and more. They get deeper and deeper into it. Now they have hundreds and you know five hundred, six hundred shares of Amazon. It's getting really expensive. You remember the market tanked uh around what was it 2011 there was a pretty good drop uh in the market and that's when they decided to do two things one their business was dying he was so smart he was he had the foresight to hedge his own bet against his own business as his business started to de- decrease in sales because people were just buying in massive bulk from amazon now it's too easy i battle with amazon I battle with Amazon. What I do, I sell a solution, but Amazon seems to have their own solution that gets in my way. They're like a—they're nagging. Like they're like—they're not killing me, but they just keep nipping at me. I don't know how they—they're just—it's a, a great business model. It's, it's ridiculous. But what you think about Bezos? Just—it is what it is. So this guy continues to bet against his business as as business continues to dwindle, and Amazon is the main culprit here. So I'm gonna sit my little cabernet here. The drunk neighbor would be proud of me. I actually paid for a bottle of wine that was more than $10, a $12.99 bottle of this weird-looking Bordeaux here. I'm going to be chugging this thing. It's delicious. Uh, Anyhow, I said I wasn't going to drink today, but uh, oh, well, I lied. Anyway, so what happened was is towards the end of this, uh, right before the crash in the market—well, not crash, but it was pretty bad— a gentleman had came to him and said, look, man, this area is being, like, gentrified. I don't know if, like, a hardware store is really your angle anymore. I want to put a restaurant here. You own the building, correct? He goes, yeah, I got, you know, almost. I got basically, yes. He goes, well, we'll take care of that. I'll give you X amount of money for you just to get out of here. And he's like, okay. Takes that money. And then him and his wife start talking. They're like, why do we live in this house with four bedrooms? Our kids are out of college now. They're working. They they have kids. We need to, you know, do the whole consolidate and get out. So they end up getting a condo, a nice condo, uh, right outside of the city of, uh, they live in the greater New Orleans area. So so they sold their house, they sold the business, now he's got more cash and the market is ripe and he knows Amazon's going to make a comeback. So he buys, they basically go all in. Now they're all in in this Amazon stock now. Uh, And (laughs) what a brilliant move. Unbelievable. It's not as much money as you probably think, or I think I already said it. But what a just, what a ridiculous, what, what type of foresight is that? That, that? that is literally seeing the future. I mean, that's exactly what that is. And for them to do that and have the results, it, it's almost like he should be on television talking about this story. He's only invested in one stock his entire life. T- arguably, he could be the best trader of all times or the most efficient trader ever. That's huh. all he dealt with was this one company that he saw was going to eventually sell more than books and take him out. And it did. Uh, but he made the best of it because he made his enemy his greatest ally. Um, and the way he did it was remarkable. So right now, this gentleman, and I got off the phone with him yesterday, uh, Amazon right now, as opposed to the $18 per share and the 41 that he got it at when he got in, now they're worth $2,039.87 as of today per share. That is unbelievable, and it's only going up I mean, if you had vested to put things to perspective, if you had invested only $1,000 in Amazon in 1997, you'd be worth approximately $1.34 million right now, which is just nuts. But they accumulated so many, he kept buying and buying and buying, that he has approximately over, he has somewhere in the line of, I forgot exactly, it's 2,250 2, to 2,300 shares of Amazon, which that makes him now... After putting more and more money into it, buying it, but starting off at such a just, just low risk, $4.59 million is what they have right now. They are sitting pretty, and he is going to liquidate some of that as they've kind of run out of their money now. So now they're going to have their real retirement. Um, they're going to have a lot of money. They're going to tour the world, and uh, good for them. I hope they have a blast. They're going to do a 90-day. They're going around the entire world. Uh what an awesome thing to do. I mean, they're gonna they're going out to Australia, they're starting out there, New Zealand, then they're gonna come where they're going to every continent except for Antarctica. I mean, they're gonna go, I mean, obviously, I think they're going to South Yeah, they're going to South America, which obviously, you know, that's not counting North America, but uh they're gonna be hitting that up and all, you know, Asia, Europe, blah, blah. It's gonna be just what an amazing thing for them to do. And all because they both kind of saw a while ago they had that foresight to go, wow, this is going to put us out one day. We need to invest in that. And they did. And now they're worth $5 million. And that is incredible. Uh, and I hope they have a very safe and blessed travel as they do what they do. Now, as we look at futures in sports gambling, we try to look at it. We can't be that, you know, it's, it's a little difficult because that that's the long hustle, right? What, what he did, that's the long hustle. What we do in sports gambling is the short hustle. So to put things to perspective, you know, um, I am good against the spread. We, we know that. I mean, I'm not great. I'm good. But when it comes to futures, I think I'm better than most people I've ever met, particularly in college football. And I mean, Major League Baseball, I'm pretty good as well, uh, particularly with World Series uh, and division winners. But, I mean, in the last 10 years, you know, I'm approximately, I have it all, 33 and 8. I usually do about 4 a year, right around there, give or take, sometimes 3, sometimes 5. I think that averages out to like 4.1, uh, which is, you know, you follow this show or used to follow the articles I used to write in the past. You know that's pretty accurate. You remember when after Arkansas went to the Sugar Bowl and I said next year Arkansas is going to have the worst team they've ever had. Their over-under was about uh, eight-and-a-half, nine. We took the under and their first game. Do you remember? <laughs> they played Louisiana Monroe, and they lost at home, and that was it. Arkansas was the first under to cash that year. I think they lost. I mean, it was over before the middle of October, early October. We've had some really good ones last year. I said Memphis and App State would go undefeated. Memphis was one play away from going undefeated minus the bowl game, and App State easily could have went undefeated. Uh, I, I think that, did they play Clemson. I don't know. I think they beat South Carolina, North Carolina. We had a lot of really good ones you know, over the years to accumulate. And the thing is, we say, well, North Korean Senate, what makes you so good at futures and that foresight? Well, okay, this is not like the brag podcast. It's just you can find certain things or certain trends. A lot of people talk about seniors, but I'm like, well, I don't know. Because seniors, if you're a senior on a football team, that, that means you're, you're not good enough to go to the NFL prior, most of the time, not all the time. But it also means, what about if you weren't that good as a junior, now you're a senior? There's a lot of other things you have to look at other than schedules and must-win games and games you know they're going to win and all that. Uh, I'm not going to you know, blow the whole formula. Not that there's some scientific formula I have. My point is that I'm good at them. Uh, very good. Good enough to clip at a ridiculous rate. 9-1 last three years and 5-0 and oh this year. So that kind of speaks for itself. It's kind of like this Cabernet I'm drinking here. It only gets better with age. But not many wine ages in my house because I tend to drink it. Get another sip here, excuse me. That's the thing about a solo podcast. When you take a sip of your booze, you don't have your co-host over here to help pick it up. You know? Uh, The drunk neighbor's job is beating the piss out of that (laughs) pork. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. So when it comes to foresight, it's not just about the stock market. It's not just about you know shorting your own business. for the uh, massive conglomerate to make money. It's not just about, you know, future bets and college football and, 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 you know, seeing or, you know, knowing who's going to be good or who's going to win the division. It's also about, like, life choices and not just life choices that my friend's dad made. Tom Brady has a very large life choice he has to make right now. And let me just give you some quick facts right now for people that think Tom Brady's not going to leave. Okay, I'm not saying he isn't going to leave New England, but I am going to tell you this. Money's not really an object to Tom Brady. All right, He's been taking pay cuts for years to, to sign free agents in the trenches. Brady's famous for that. His wife is worth twice as much as him. They're worth a better part of a billion dollars together. And right now their house is on the market for $8 million under market value. Let me repeat that. They're trying to sell their house in Massachusetts for $8 million under market value. And why is that? Why Why, why is that? Well. North Korean Center. they might be moving to another part of town in Massachusetts. Now, why would they do that? Why would they be doing that? Uh, the minute that Brady put his house in the market, I think that is enough to tell you right now, I don't think he's coming back. And it's not just that, because Brady only wants to come back to win, and I'll tell you why in a second. And this is all speculation, but this is what foresight's about. We're going to talk about my foresight and Tom Brady's uh, to see if they align. Only time will tell. But Tom Brady right now absolutely does not care about money. I can tell you that now. We we've, We all know that. Uh, The one thing that Tom Brady absolutely cares about is his legacy. Tom Brady has everything money can buy. He's got a supermodel wife, a great looking family, he's got fame, fortune, he's a nice guy, he's got everything a guy would want. He's got a perfect life from what we can see outside looking in. But the one thing he doesn't have is what money can't buy, and that is the undisputed mandate that he is the greatest of all times and don't think for one second Tom Brady doesn't want that because all the only thing and the only thing he can't buy is that. Tom Brady right now needs to be looking around going where can I win? How can he win at New England? New England had the worst offensive line in football nearly last year behind the Houston Texans. The two quarterbacks running for the life the most I've ever seen is Deshaun Watson and Tom Brady. The offensive line was atrocious. Your best receiver is Julian Edelman. I mean, he's good, but his time has come and gone, guys. Once Gronk left that offense, it went. It just started to plummet. It's not the same type of Patriots efficiency we've seen. Sure, they can run the ball, but how many times are you going to give it to Sonny Michelle? Really, at the end of the day, yeah, they have a good defense. They've always had a good defense. Good goal line defense, decent special teams. But no, you can't sit here and tell me that Brady thinks his best chance of winning, which is all he cares about, is at New England. And as a matter of fact... Let's be honest. This may sound like kind of a kind of a square thing to say. Hold on, Cabernet here. Hold on. But Buffalo might easily win that division next year. Buffalo might be the changing of the guard. I know they're gonna. It's gonna be a hot take. Everyone's gonna be like, oh, Buffalo!" Until they do it, I won't believe it. But I mean, they show no. They're, they're not gonna regress. I mean, they could pull Chicago Bears and regress. They're kind of similar football teams actually with the quarterback style and how they play. But I doubt it. Not with the coaching staff and the way they can play. On the other side of the ball, I think Buffalo is going to be good. This could be the changing of the guard. You think Tom Brady wants to stick around to playing a wild card game on the road? When's the last time the Patriots have played on the road in the first week of the playoffs? They probably will if he comes back to New England. Because I'll probably go 10 at 6. And in a crappy AFC, that'll probably get you a wild card. Buffalo probably wins 11 games. I, I don't know. Who cares? The point is, is that why would he return to New England? And they're talking about giving him a max deal. He doesn't care about a max deal. Where else could he go? San Diego seems to be a hot take. Why would he want to go to San Diego? San Diego's handcuffed right now. They don't have, they're, they're, their salary cap sucks. They're going to have a quarterback controversy coming up here anyway, and, and their, drafts, their draft picks don't look that good, to be honest with you. Um, and, I mean, does he want to live in L.A. and play in front of fans that don't even show up to the game? I don't think so. I don't know. Tennessee. What about Tennessee? Oh, yeah. Okay. Tennessee. Sure. Uh, Tennessee has decent amount of cap room. Not after they pay Derrick Henry the national debt. They're going to have to do that. Obviously, Tannehill, I don't know if he's their guy or not. Pretty good defense. They're okay. That'd be a decent fit, I guess. I guess. Good playoff run. Pretty good coach. I mean, you know, didn't they used to coach with each other, right? He was that guy. You know, he was. He coached the Patriots. He was one of, one of the people on that team uh, when Brady was there. So maybe there's like, uh, you know, some some – Prior uh relationships that could be there with Rabel, you know, or actually, Bra- Rabel played with. uh Did he coach? No, that guy went to. That's the guy that with the pencil behind his ear that went to the Lions. But Rabel played with Brady, so that's even more like okay, yeah, that makes sense. But does it? I don't think so. Now let me tell you where I think Tom Brady is going to go. I haven't heard one person talk about it yet. But we're going to talk about it now. I could be wrong. I'm not trying to throw out a bunch of hot takes and see what, throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. But just like my friend's dad, who had that uh, unbelievable, (laughs) unbelievable foresight, uh, and then while he was doing that, the insight to keep doubling down on it, why would Tom Brady not consider going to the Indianapolis Colts? The Colts had a decent year last year after their stud quarterback, you know what he did, when Luck basically said, I don't want to play a week before the season started. I mean, that was enough as it is. I mean, they still won some games, eight, nine games. And i tell you what, they were competitive in a lot of their losses. Very well coached football team with the best offensive line in the NFL, period, period. They will protect him like the Great Wall of China. You will not, China. China. I mean sure, it's fine. It's no uh <laughs> sure, the offensive line's fine, it's no Cowboys two thousand fourteen. I'm telling you, this is the best offensive line uh in football right now, period. They have weapons. You know, Marlon Max, pretty good. T. Y. Hilton, pretty damn good, really good defense. Indiana, <laughs> Brady's a big Republican, he'll fit right in. <laughs> Right in Indiana, Indianapolis is one of the most underrated cities on the planet. People are like, well, he wouldn't want to live in Indiana, Indianapolis. What, well, like that's, yeah, like it's like some third world city like New Orleans. <laughs> Sorry, you act like it's like I don't know some undesirable city to live in. Maybe like you know Cleveland. No, Indianapolis is is legit. I mean, if you didn't notice that after they had the Super Bowl there, like you, could, it's just so efficient. People are nice. The taxes are friendly. Things that he's not used to getting taxed to hell and that. Blue state, Massachusetts. A little more Cabernet here. Hold on now. But at the same time, uh, Brady would be, I think he'd be in good hands. What about Giselle? What about her? She's got, she lives, she has like a villa. She has like 10 villas in Europe. She doesn't even, does she even live in the United States? I don't even know what she does. I think she likes summers here. The point is, is that that is a city that is not comparable to Boston by by the layout, but at the same time, though, he probably would be able to live in Indianapolis, okay? There's a lot of people that have—a lot of rich people that live there for a reason. Uh, not besides just that coaching staff. Look at the draft. Look what they have to offer. They have the third—they have three picks in the top 60. Three picks in the top 60. They nearly have two in the first round. They got that 13th pick. They're going to be right there for another sexy wide receiver. What if they get C.D. Lamb? They're looking at him. What if they get C.D. Lamb on one side, T.Y. Hilton on the other, with Marlon Mack back there with that offensive line? Is it Marlon Mack? I'm pretty sure it's Marlon Mack. If I'm getting that wrong, I'm sorry. I don't have that in my notes. I don't watch as much NFL. But I'm pretty sure it's him. But if it's not, you know who I'm talking about. What the point is is that that is attractive. You'll be protected. You will have weapons. The cap room. What's more attractive about the Colts than the draft is the pe- they they can get free agents. They have more room. They have room to do whatever they want right now. They are in the best seat in the house, and if Tom Brady can win with another team, then he now is undoubtedly the greatest of all times. I don't care what anyone says. I could make arguments for John Elway. I could make impressive. I could make intelligent arguments for Drew Brees, which no one will, even though he doesn't have the MVP, which is scary. I could make intelligent arguments for Aaron Rodgers. Of course I could make intelligent arguments for Peyton Manning, who I think is the greatest quarterback ever, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. I don't engage in these stupid who-the-goat arguments are. I think it's Peyton. It's my opinion. Whatever. Suck it. I don't care. But if Tom Brady goes to the Colts and really sticks it to Peyton Manning, they don't like each other. Oh, they see shaking hands off the field. They hate each other. Come on. And that was some of the greatest robbery. That was the greatest robbery in football of my, job, of my time. Just watching that. That was the only football. Like when the, when, the, when the Patriots play the Colts, man, that was just a game everybody watched. Everybody watched that game. And bet the over. Of course. Always bet the over. At least that's what Big Cat, Big Cat does. So I don't know. My point is that right now it's perfect for him to go there. It couldn't be any better from the salary cap to the draft picks to the current team they have if he were to go there the Colts would be a wrecking ball and it's not that tough of a division that you stay in the AFC stay in the AFC of course which is falling apart like i mean like, like the drunk neighbor says like a nickel mop i mean who's going i mean besides the ravens and the chiefs what do you really have over there you really don't have much as opposed to the NFC i mean you think the saints are going anywhere think again think again the saints are going to win 11 the 11 to 13 games again next year the niners aren't going anywhere it's certainly not going anywhere. The Packers are still going to be good. The Vikings are still going to be good. The NFC East can't be that bad next year, can it? I don't know. The Seahawks are going to be good. There's a lot of t- – the Rams are – they're too talented to go 9-7 and seven again. So I'd stay over there in the AFC, and I think that that's exactly what Tom Brady – I think Tom Brady's going to go to the Indianapolis Colts. I don't know when this is going to happen, when it would occur. I don't know when you'd have to make that call. But I know for a fact, if he's shopping around, I mean, (laughs) if you're looking at models right now, if you check, like, chicks to date and you get a chance to pick one, this is a dating game. Right now, I mean, I think that, uh, I mean, I think that San Diego is like like a five. Like, yeah, she's all right, you know. And I think, like, you look over here on the other side at Tennessee, you know, she's like an eight, like a seven, six and a half, seven. But, I mean, you go ahead and look at Indianapolis. That's like Jamie Priestley and Joe Dirt, 10. I'm looking 10, uh, as, as 10 as far as my money goes. And if Tom Brady, like I said, the only thing he can't buy now is this legacy of him being the greatest. And if he can somehow do this, he will be. And Indianapolis is the best place imaginable for him to do it. They were close to winning 10 games last year, some of the ways they lost these games. Almost 11 or 12 if their kicker didn't suck. So I know that Brady sees this. And they're young and they're not going anywhere. And they can keep adding and adding and adding. And Brady can actually be protected. Look, he can't throw the ball 50 yards down the field. Neither can Drew Brees. Drew Brees just came off the best month of his life in December. He was player of the month. He didn't throw an interception. It was the best month of his career. He's 41. Best month of his career. He didn't get sacked twice and threw like 19 touchdowns and no interceptions. It went bananas. Through 75% completion percentage. I mean, because they protected him. They didn't do it in the playoffs, of course, per usual. But at the same time, you're going to have a hard time telling me Indianapolis is not a desirable place to be. And he gets to stick it to Peyton Manning, (laughs) which I'm telling you, he's thinking about that. If he won one in Indy, and if you're an Indianapolis fan, I mean, look at the nostalgia at this. you got to be kidding me. The guy that you used to hate, now he's coming in to resurrect, (laughs) bring you guys back to the promised land after getting totally jobbed by Peyton Manning, leaving, you drafted Luck, he quits. And then you got Brissett, who's a serviceable backup. He'd be a great backup. Um... Or even that. Even if you don't, the Colts are in an even better position if they wanted to draft a quarterback. And then, how crazy is that? You get your quarterback to sit behind Brady for a couple years. You kidding me? I mean, we're not talking about Jim Sorgi behind Peyton Manning, an actual quarterback that you're grooming. It'd be something special, I'm telling you. This is going to be interesting. When this, uh, this is going to be very interesting. Uh, I, I, and as far as the draft goes, quick minute on that. This is by far the most talented. First round, this is the most talented draft I've ever seen. And there's receivers out the ass. My buddy across the street, the college fantasy football expert, he was talking about Golden Gandy. We've talked about him for a couple of years, the big, tall wide receiver for Liberty. He's going to slip down in the second round somewhere. He's a monster. He ain't dropped the ball, he ain't dropped the pass his whole life. I mean, how many receivers in the first round? Seven. All of them are ridiculous. All these Alabama LSU receivers, Jefferson and the like, C.D. Lamb, all these dudes, Judy from Alabama, and then the quarterbacks. I mean, good night. Tua, Burrow, Herbert, Jordan Love, who I really hope the Saints draft. Oh, my God. If the Saints could have Drew Brees just hang out for a year or two, and they'd still be good. They won't win a Super Bowl, but they'll win games. And have just have love, just learn and get the tutelage under Breeze. Jordan Love would be a spec. Would be the best seat in the house for New Orleans Saints. I pray they draft Jordan Love. Then you wouldn't. Have, the party would keep going for another ten years. This kid is a stud. He is a stallion amongst men. I am telling you. Oh, but he's not that fast. I don't care. He runs a four eight. That's fine with me. Who cares? He throws the ball a quarter mile and he can put it in people's face mask. That's all I care about. He's elusive. Like, Rodgers isn't a burner, but Rodgers is a tough sack. He's elusive. That's all you got to be. Like Breeze, he's extremely elusive. A lot of people say Breeze, he's not an athlete. Well, he beat Andy Roddick in tennis when he was 16. He can dunk a 10-foot goal post like he did against Miami in full pads by two, three. His, his hand was six inches, six, seven inches over the goalpost. He's only 5'10". Breeze is not six feet. Hit a crazy spin move against the Falcons cornerback to jump into the end zone. Breeze is an athlete. He just knows how to step up in the pocket. That's what Jordan Love can do. I've seen him do it in college now for years. We've been talking about him forever. Don't want to go on a tangent. I do think that the Saints would be very, very smart to drive Jordan Love. Oh, before I forget, the drunk neighbor, he says he thinks that Tom Brady would go to the Cowboys. Now, that is a scorching white fire hot take. I love it. But if you think about it, does Dak – does Jerry Jones really think he can win with Dak? I like Dak Prescott as a person. I met him at the zoo one time. I've had two crazy incidents at Hattieburg Zoo. I met Dak Prescott and a freaking hyena escaped – I can't wait to tell this story one time. I had to jump in a dumpster while I was working. I was trying to sell this system to uh, the kitchen in the Hattiesburg Zoo as a freaking hyena walking around. I think I might have said it on this podcast once, but I'll do it later on. You know, It was one of the craziest things ever. But anyway – Dak's a great guy, uh, and he's a good service. He's a good quarterback, but I don't think Dallas is going to win with them, but they have so many weapons. Maybe Tom Brady would go to Dallas. Maybe he'd like it. I don't know. Who knows? I just know one thing, one thing for sure. We're going to find out soon where Breeze is definitely going to stay, but Tom Brady, this is going to be a crazy free agent agent acquisition type situation, and this draft is obviously the most star-studded thing I think I've ever seen in my life, and I can't wait to see... Uh, Basically, where this takes us, uh, it's going to be a wild ride in the NFL next year. We'll be talking about college basketball pretty good coming up here. Particularly uh, conference championships when we'll start warming it up. And then, of course, the tournament. I'm all about it. You should be looking at Seton Hall right now. Stud muffin team. Love them. I think they're playing right now. I think they actually blew a big lead to Georgetown. That's okay. Still like them. Anyway, thanks for joining the episode one day they'll sell more than books. The Sports Anadol 145. I'm your host, the North Korean Santa. We'll have a team back next week. Be sure and follow me on Twitter, at Santa. Be sure and follow the Trumpster on Twitter. <laughs> He's a must-follow. <laughs> and be sure and uh, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. And Pass this one out. I think this is a pretty good episode. and I'm a little biased, though. It's my podcast, so I think they're all good. I'm not even that drunk right now. So you know what? Maybe this came out better than most. I do recommend this Bordeaux. If I could pronounce it, I would tell you what it is. But uh, I don't know what it is. But anyway, we will see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Peace.